Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everybody. Hope you're doing good. Good to see you, Maysarat Ahmed, Khalida, Fida, Yasmin, Warda, MashaAllah, Tabarak ar-Rahman, Zakaria, good to see you bro. Alina, ahlan, ahlan, how you doing Maysa, how you doing everybody? Uh, first of all, to start with, two things. Uh, Rehan, ahlan. Um, so far so good on the video obviously and the uh, uh, mic everything actually is uh, very professional today meaning that I had time and I planned and everything and obviously mashallah we're now going to start to see a flicker right because anyway it hasn't so far uh, we did do a um, we did do a uh, a change up um, oh, sorry, when I did when I say change up, meaning we have tried something big, reinstalled a new version of Windows. So let's see, let's see if it was the old version of Windows. Uh, I mean, it was it was Windows 10, so I don't know why that would be the case. Uh, but as a reminder to everybody that's online now, make sure you press the live button on the YouTube uh, link. Yeah, press the button. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, when you go black, it, it goes uh, thingy. When you wear the white hat, for example, um, we learned that from the other classes and the other, uh, uh, the we learned that actually a couple of years ago from Faith IQ. The way you, if you wear lighter colors, you come out looking lighter. If you go darker, then you go darker. Wearing a pakol, for example, then it's not, it's less uh, a reflection, etc., etc. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make a, a major headache out, out of that. Otherwise, you just start, you, you know, you lose the focus of, of the of the dars. Um So before I start, I just want to uh, mention a couple of things. Firstly, I pray that everybody's uh, uh, keeping safe because obviously uh, the the problem is on the rise. COVID is on the rise. Obviously, a lot of people are very happy this week with the whole uh, um, vir- uh, with the whole vaccine uh, news, and maybe we'll have a little chat about that later. Um, and then, uh, in fact, let me just make sure, whilst I'm here, that what's happening about the old, um, what's happening about that conference? Am I going ahead of that or not? Um, uh, right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, yeah, good. So, uh, yeah, uh, we are. Alaikum salam, Auntie Shakila. Yeah, so I am going to be going ahead with a presentation on vaccines. It's going to be a major talk. I'm preparing a proper lecture on it. It's going to be given at the British uh, Institute for uh, no, the British Islamic Medical Association or whatever it is. Um, so we'll speak about that. But but regardless, the problem is is that people are not kind of uh, being careful. Um, getting a bit excited, so we've got to be careful, especially our, our diaspora itself, minority, ethnic, etc. Um, I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, Jiva, who was not well, and uh, one I hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives her shifa al kamila insha'Allah, uh, as soon as possible, and also to Imtiaz, one of our close friends. Um, his mother is very poorly in hospital. So I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives her shifa and time and la yuqaduru saqama. Allahumma rabbunas adhib al-ba'as. Wanta shafi la shifa illa shifa ak shifa and la yuqaduru saqama. So um, I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings uh, uh, her through. And all of those who have relatives and uh, close ones and friends who are currently 
suffering, but uh, Imtiaz is very close to me, and I pray that, inshallah, um, we get good news soon. All right, so with that all being said, uh, today we're going to be doing an entire sub-chapter in and of itself. We're still obviously in Sujud al but the, um, the sub-chapter or the point of discussion is going to be food and drink. All right, or eating and drinking, I should say, food and drink, uh, eating and drinking, and its relationship with salah. So, um, the uh, let me find the actual text again. A reminder, especially Dina and Warda, that you need to and everybody else press the live button on the YouTube video. Okay, I think people are a little bit, bit, a little bit behind in the uh, in the bath uh, bath and whatever it's called. Alright, so we are, we are, ايوه, وَلَا تَبْطُلُ بِيَسِيرِ أَكْلٍ أَوْ شُرْبٍ سَهْوَ وَلَا نَفْلٌ بِيَسِيرِ شُرْبٍ عَمْدَ And then we might get time to go on to وَإِنْ أَتَى بِقَوْلٍ مَشْرُوءٍ فِي غَيْرِ مَوْضِعِهِ كَكِرَاءَةٍ فِي سُجُودٍ وَقُعُودٍ وَالتَّشَهُدٍ فِي قِيَامٍ وَقِرَاءَةِ سُورَةٍ فِي الْأَخِيرَ فِي الْأَخِيرَتَيْنِ لَمْ تَبْطُلْ وَلَمْ يَجِبْ لَهُ سُجُودٍ بَلْ يُشْرَعُ Might touch upon that subject today. Let's see how we go. Uh, the translation of that is Ingesting small amounts of food and drink do not invalidate the prayer. The supererogatory prayer is also valid if one drinks a small amount intentionally. I don't know whether also is good English, to be honest. The supererogatory prayer is valid if one drinks a small amount intentionally. If you put also, it then it indicates like it was valid before. So that's poor English, I think. Tell me what you think about that. Maybe if someone can copy that paragraph and put it into the comment section so we can have a little discussion about that. Because we, we, we do like to perfect... Because I do translation very quickly. Right, I do the translation of the text quickly, and then I like, uh, you know, this is a process that we follow throughout the years. Okay, in the class itself, when we debate and discuss, then we've got more people who are good at English, and then we kind of then you know choose a better phrase. This is for the text, the class text, the translation of Zad al Mustaqnia. I mean, right, um, and then we can remove little typos and change it for better phrases. Yeah. So, um, like the example we spoke about in the Telegram group, right? The issue of lengthwise. If you go back to the, if you go back to the, uh, I mean, it's absolutely clear what I meant by lengthwise. I meant like this, yeah, lengthwise, because that's the length because the height is too small, right? So this is the length. However, if you think about it, the Americans, Canadians, they were understanding length and width in a different way. This is how they understood length, or some of them did anyway. And width was more clearer. And if you think about it, it's no point me sticking to length because it's, it's right. It's better to stick to width that everybody understands. So that's my point about yani, using some English and then changing it um, afterwards. So it's important that we agree on these little things. So I don't know whether that also should go. So that's, let's have that chat. And anyway, the other, the other part of the text, if one speaks during the prayer with a legitimate statement but offered in the wrong place, such as to recite Qur'an in the sajda or in the sitting positions, or to say the tashahud while standing, or to recite a surah in the last two empty units of a prayer, 
the prayer is neither invalidated nor does one have to prostrate, although it is legislated to do so. Like I said, we might get into that. We might. Okay. So, yeah, thank you, Fatima. So, um, where I don't think it should go about does not instead of do not is good. Sorry, I missed the, the, the debate. Yeah, so here we go. Um, does not invalidate valid. Hmm. So what is the difference if we say interesting? How does you're just you know what you're just a firecracker, aren't you, bro? Yeah. Uh, it is not legislated to offer the prostration for insignificant number. ingesting small amounts of food and drink unintentionally. Ingesting small amounts of food and drink unintentionally does not invalidate. Does not invalidate. Does not. Does not invalidate the prayer. The supererogatory is also valid. I, I don't know. I don't know what you did. Remove also. Okay. Welcome, Ijlal. And I just want to say that I wish all of us could move to Vancouver. What a life that is. The word unintentionally is missing, I think, from the text. Did I do that again? Is it? It's not missing from the text, is it? I don't think it is. So, I would go with this. Right, ingesting small amounts of food and drink unintentionally... Ingesting small amounts of food and drink unintentionally does not invalidate the prayer. The supererogatory prayer is valid if one drinks a small amount intentionally. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that, Mesa. I don't think it's any better than the previous one, though. Oh, really? Oh. Oh. <laughs> you were supposed to fix it. There are many things that I meant to uh, fix. Yes, the buzzer ones are in the house. Salamakumullah. Salamakumullah. Right, so, I don't know. I need to obviously fix that somewhere. Alright, let's jump into the, the, the text anyway. Let's jump into the explanation. So we're talking about the um, eating and drinking in the prayer. Now, eating and drinking in the prayer is obviously, uh, there's a lot of parameters, right? I mean, you know, you could grab a, you know, could be in salah and grab a burger and start smashing it down, right? So you're talking about a couple of parameters. One, the movements involved to get to the food. Two, the intentional nature of the act or intentional or unintentional being because it's either done out of forgetfulness or it's done out of ignorance. The third parameter would be the amount. Large amount, small amount. Another parameter that we should discuss is is it eating and drinking, which is the problem? Or is it chewing? Is it swallowing? Another aspect of it would be, uh, uh, is, there any different, is there actually any difference between eating and drinking in of themselves? Okay. So to start off with, the, uh, the humbly position is that the prayer is not invalidated if a person was to eat or drink a small amount of food out of uh, forgetfulness in all prayers. That's far and that's in the nafal prayer as well. Okay, that's in the far and the nafal prayer as well. I do want you to know though that Whilst I say that, there is difference of opinion upon that. The vast majority of scholars 
are upon this position. However, there is uh, also an independent opinion that's held by some scholars, Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti from one of them, by the way. And he said that, no, uh, the prayer is invalidated. And similar to what we discussed last week, what we discussed last week is that there's a difference between a prayer being invalidated um, and a person not being punished. So it is haram to eat in the prayer. It is haram to eat in the prayer. Uh, because the Nabi Sallallahu said, in the salah, لَشُغُلٌ يعني The prayer is a... The, the prayer... It's very difficult to translate this hadith. I would translate it that the prayer is a... Um, so difficult to translate this hadith. The prayer is a... شُغُل now, shughul means work, job, this, that, whatever. But what it means here, and to be mashghul means to be busy. Yeah? Yeah, one is occupied. Yeah. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. That's a whole kind of line. Yeah? That the prayer isn't... I mean, you'd like to say one is occupied in the prayer, but the uh, the the... the actually, I, I'm okay with that as well. I mean, that's being a bit too artistic. Okay, when you say one is occupied in the prayer, but it needs to be something like the like Sada kind of started off with prayers and occupation. Okay, but it is yeah the, the the problem is is that this is actually one of the reasons why even the Arabic has been differed over. So let alone us struggling to translate it in English, because Sheikh Muhammad Muhtar Shanqiti from this hadith considers it haram to eat. Forgetfully for crying out loud. Forgetfully, not forget a lot, forget intentionally, even forgetfully, he's saying it's haram to eat. Whereas we also use the same hadith and we say it's not allowed to eat, and uh, but if you do so forgetfully, it's not a major problem. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So even in the hadith of the, in the even in the Arabic of the hadith itself, inna fi la shughulan, okay, right? That in the prayer, in the prayer, one is, yeah, it is busy. I think that is, one is occupied in the prayer. Indeed, one is occupied in the prayer. Of a certainty, one must be occupied in the prayer. The entire sentence is quite flexible, but how you, how you got to put it. But my, my point I'm trying to make is that no way will a translation suffice. You have to. You have to add uh, lots of explanation. It's definitely being engaged. I like that. Focused, definitely. Right? But they're engrossed, exactly. And that is the, in, in, in the, that is the intended meaning. And this is the hadith that all parties used to make haram. Speaking in the prayer, laughing in the prayer, moving in the prayer, the eating of the prayer, the drinking of the prayer. This is like the primary text for eating and drinking. So I want you to appreciate that if scholars use that and yet that they are uh, uh, differing over how far it means you can be engaged, we're kind of lenient on the issue saying that, hey, if a person does it out of forgetfulness, then it's not a major problem. And even 
we're going to go even further, all right? The Hanbali school is going to go even further, and they, they're alone in this. They're going to go further and say, actually, it's even allowed for you to drink a little bit in the Nafal prayer. So that's adding like a whole next level caveat to the idea of being busy and occupied and whatever. And that goes to show that there are layers to this game because we know that when you start to then go deeper, we see that Umar radiallahu anhu is so famous, uh, authentically narrated uh, from him, that um, you see Solange asked the question, if you're engrossed, how can we be picking up food? Okay, I put to you, if you're engrossed, how can you be organizing your military units and your strategy that we're going to attack from this side and we're going to go from this side? Okay, and so that's what Umar used to do. And he used to say that I prepare my army in the prayer. Now, obviously, there are scholars saying that, ah, but he's, that's because uh, 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 jihad is fard and jihad, he was the leader at that moment. And uh, 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 he's combining between tadabbur and, you know, his only deen that he's thinking of, etc., etc. My point is, is that um, there is nuance here, right? Yeah, I like absorbed. I like absorbed, you know that. So, um, like for example, we know that it's allowed to, uh, uh, it's allowed to ride on a camel, right? In the prayer, uh, sunnah prayer, nafal prayer. Listen, man, it's not easy to ride on a camel. You've got to hold balance and you've got to, well, easy, that easy. You know, Uttral, if you see, whenever Hiba's doing her riding thing, she keeps her arm out like this. She goes like this. Because she thinks that to ride a horse, you have to keep your arm out. Yeah? <laughs> and that really makes me laugh. Yeah? I keep saying to her, no, if you watch, it's Turgut who does that. And the other guy who does that. But you look at what's his name, then, you know, he's no problem at all. Yeah? It's a skill thing. I'm telling you, to ride a camel on top and be balanced, whatever, require even just doing nothing, requires some, you know, some involvement. Now, the the... the, the like like uh, like Teslas and these uh, electric cars that are, are going to become also driving, yeah? You're still told, even though you can take your hands off the steering wheel, you still need to be in control of the car, whatever the official phrase is. So you might be saying to yourself, this is the perfect time for me to pray, right? Whilst on that journey. But the truth is, and that's allowed, enough of prayer, sitting down in your auto car, do your prayer, no problem whatsoever, okay? Um... But there's still going to have to be some attention taken up by, you know, whatever the legal requirement is to back up the auto system, right? So, um, your mind's going to be, you know, like, you know, I did saying I wouldn't even risk it. I mean, people are going to be stressed. There's no doubt. And balance and it's the same. Like, I just the two examples I gave are the same thing. So, being engrossed does not mean that you're not thinking about other things and doing other things. Yeah? In any way, that's, in any case... Shafah Mukhtar Shankiti and a few number, number a few a few of the scholars, what they said is that this is the nature of the prayer. It must not be interrupted, neither forgetfully, neither intentionally. And if you do, then it's haram. And if you do intentionally, you've done haram and you've got to repeat the prayer. If you do it forgetfully, forgetfully, which is what our uh, discussion is about, then Allah will not punish you because Allah will lift from you the sin because of forgetfulness as per hadith and ayat that we covered in these last few years. But you need to repeat the prayer. We discussed that last week, right? We discussed the difference between making something impermissible but repeating the prayer versus 
yeah, okay. So that, that paradigm is important, yeah? That that exists. And we should respect that. That's, that's quality scholarship. That's when people like really kind of, you know, uh, dig deep and you can see what's going on. However, let's just stick to the position of the majority. That's the class position as well. Is the, and that is that um, it is uh, uh, because of forgetfulness being lifted from the ummah, then there is no indication that this act needs to be repeated. Okay, that the act needs to be repeated. Unless, of course, you've gone, you know, completely, uh, 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 you know, off the, pot, off the plot. One of the, we have evidences, by the way. For those who want to know why we do not say that the prayer is invalidated, is because eating and drinking um, is on the same level as speaking. Right? Um, some scholars even said that um, whatever invalidates the, the the fast invalidates the prayer now that's a bit that's an asal i've never really kind of you know i've been a bit lazy about that i've always just assumed it but let's think about it what breaks the fast uh eating drinking marital relations vomiting intentionally yeah so yeah these would all be falling into the category of um breaking the salah oh yeah i think it, it, it works anyway so they argued, some of the fuqaha, they said that um, and if you were to do any of these or you were to do the, 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 the minor ones as such, which is to eat or drink, right? Uh, yeah, menstruation is a good example. Um, if you were to uh, eat or drink during the fast, if you did it intentionally, it breaks the fast. If you did it forgetfully, for then Allah is the one who fed him and gave him to drink and the prayer is, uh, the fast is valid. So that's one of the reasons why they said that the prayer is also valid uh, because it's like the fast. If a person eats or drinks in the prayer forgetfully, then it is not invalidated. Just like fasting is not invalidated. Did that make sense, everybody? Because I went all around the houses and I went a bit too wordy. But did that make sense? Yeah. Um, another uh, evidence, which is a strong direct evidence, is the famous hadith of Mu'awiyah ibn al-Hakam. The hadith of Mu'awiyah is the famous one. This is the hadith in uh, Sahih Muslim in which he was praying with the rest of the companions and someone sneezed. And he said to him, Ya Allah. Okay? By the way, I think some of you, Rashida, Alina, etc., you're not live. Okay? So just go to the YouTube video and make sure regularly throughout. Okay? Always keep, always keep uh, uh, going to the YouTube video and pressing the li uh, pressing the, the 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 live button so that the red dot comes up. If the red dot is not showing next to live, you are not up to date in the class. All right, that's important. All right. Um, so he uh, spoke in the class. All right, he spoke uh, in the class. He spoke in the prayer, and when he said "Yarhamukallah," nice and loud, the companion started. You know, we covered this hadith a couple of years ago or whenever we did. But, and he's like, what are you guys doing? What's up with you lot? So he started speaking. He started speaking. And they went, you know, level of urgency. Like, what are you doing, man? Be quiet. Then he goes, oh my God, I'm done. Uh, this is serious. I've messed up now. I'm finished. It's all over. I'm dead. And then, you know, he carried on. And, and the Prophet ﷺ didn't you know, criticize him. And... um just told him that this is salah it's not you know, becoming that a person does this and that and prays and uh, you know uh, talks and etc it's not befitting of the prayer but rather it is tasbih and tahmid and qiraat al-quran so 
the prayer was not invalidated. He was not told to repeat the prayer. That's the key. So therefore, this position is the position of the vast majority of scholars. That the prayer is not invalidated when you eat or drink forgetfully, as long as it's a small amount. What is a small amount? Let's discuss that. First of all, let's make sure that we're talking something very different to the norm. The norm is a person eats and then goes to pray, or he's just drunk and he goes to uh, uh, pray. Now, food which is the remainder in your mouth, okay, that's why it's good habit to rinse your mouth. And that's why it is the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to do the siwak, all right, before you actually start praying. It gets rid of food taste, it gets rid of bits and pieces. If there's some small morsels left behind, you swallow it, whatever. Or after you've eaten, you go and you rinse your mouth out properly. It's good and it removes any doubt or whatever. But at the same time, Water is not always available, and we don't want to make haram or make obligatory in the deen that which is not obligatory and make life difficult. And it can be difficult, you know. And by the way, not just when it become difficult, but my problem is the worst worst that comes with it, which is why I'm kind of not even, you know, I don't even want to tell you to do this because the worst worst for me is significant, right? People, you know, they, they, they start to feel that their prayer is, is deficient. Right, they start to feel that I've done something wrong, and that my prayer is at risk. And once you go into that mindset, once you start telling yourself that, okay, then when you are unable to do it, you're not able to worship Allah like you should. And that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable because it's not an obligatory requirement. What is not an obligatory requirement? To clear your mouth of every single substance and morsel that is stuck between teeth. Now, anything which is stuck in between teeth is normally like very small. What we call insignificant. Okay? Insignificant. Now, um, insignificant. Now, it's, what's, it's actually very interesting what I'm about to say. Because this text we've translated as... That it, the prayer is not invalidated if you unintentionally eat or drink something insignificant. Unintentionally. Insignificant. Yaseer. Now, what I'm talking about is something even less than insignificant. Now, normally, insignificant means like next to non-existent. In this text, insignificant does not mean next to non-existent. Insignificant means a grape. Insignificant means chewing gum, a newish one, right? Insignificant means actually quite significant, just not a lot. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, now, all right, the example I'm giving, which is something stuck between the teeth, that is like microscopic almost. Now, but it's not really, is it, right? Yeah, you heard grape, not great, grape, anab. Yeah? <laughs> so, it'll all become clear, just give me some time. So, uh, uh, they're not microscopic, but you're, you're talking, what, three millimeters, four millimeters? Yeah? Little bit, uh, you know, maybe meat. Minuscule, I like that. Minuscule. Yeah? Tiny, small, minuscule amounts. Yeah? Little bit of this, little bit of that. Now, that is what I'm talking about in between the teeth. And when that goes, oh God, Bilal, I'm talking like a, a quarter of a rice grain, bro. Rice grain's massive. Who gets a rice grain stuck in their mouth? Unless you're like, she's got massive teeth and big gaps in between. That's why they're dentists, isn't it? Because you know how it is. 
You always then look out to sort out your, your, your own deficiencies. Don't say that about you. They've got a lovely set of Nashas, mashallah. A wonderful set of Nashas. So, but bro, you got me worried there, man. Rice grain. That's huge. Rice grains are full food, bro. <laughs> you know, all of my problems are because of this black Kiani death. But I'm so thirsty, subhanAllah. Lights and everything. Come on, I can't do all this behavior. Right, anyway. So, those morsels, minuscule morsels that are in your mouth, if they get swallowed, this is not considered to be eating. It's not considered to be eating. The books of fiqh yani, mentioned that it needs to be something that has jirm, yani, meaning it needs to have mass. It needs to have body. No, no, I'm talking, see Fatima, this is why I said you've got to listen very carefully. I'm now talking about in between the teeth. I didn't say a grape is okay. How the fish can you get a grape stuck in between your teeth? <laughs> All right, listen to me. Let's start again. Okay, right. We've got three categories. All right. Only Shazad could get a grape stuck in between his teeth. He's got this big gap. What do they call it, Shaz? Upper 32, upper XYZ, lower blah de blah. Right. The skin always gets stuck, Adil. Well said. Okay? Well said. Now, we're talking about three different categories. Eating a full meal. That's a lot. There we go, Shazad. Salim, there's steamer. There we go. Alright. So, that's a full meal. That's what we call a lot of food. The second category is a small amount of food, which is what the text is referring to. That, a small amount of food, I would put at a grape. A bite of food. A grape. A peanut. A rice grain. Even a mouthful of, mice, uh, even a mouthful of rice. Alright, that's the middle. Maybe. The third category that we're talking about is not in the text. This is in my explanation. This is super minuscule insignificant. This is the stuff that's stuck in between your teeth. Is that clear now, everybody? So that people don't lose their minds, all right? So let's now talk about these small amounts. These small amounts when you are in the prayer m and Imagine you're getting beats. Where did m and is huge, you... Anyway, I'll give up now, that's it. So, when you are in your, uh, there in your mouth, it goes in. Right, I'm going to stop reading comments. Yeah? I'm just going to look at the camera because I'm, honestly, I'm going to shoot someone now. People are trying to claim that M&M chocolates are, M&M chocolates are three times the size of a rice grain. What kind of M&Ms are you guys eating? And M&Ms for the borrowers. I know there's a whole flipping group of people out there. These people. Yeah? Oh, you can't... Yeah, yeah. These people who have no idea what the borrowers are will get to know. Okay? My goodness. Anyway. So these small amounts, if they enter straight into the uh, 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 thingy, uh, you know, esophagus uh, and into the food itself, yeah, remnants, small amounts of remnants, okay? 
and they themselves don't lead to any mastication. All right. That's right. I just did drop mastication right there. Okay. For the boundaries of you and for the common laity of you, that means chewing. Okay. So, and that goes in, it does not invalidate the prayer. Likewise, when your saliva is taking the remnants of the remnants of uh, liquid or juice or something, which is already there and it goes down, that does not invalidate the prayer. So normative stuff that's in your mouth, as long as you don't, you know, right, just like, you know, like you've got this big tooth, yeah? So you've got this big tooth, big hole in your tooth. And by the way, I know about that hardcore firsthand. I've ruined Shazad's life, Bachara Miskeen, because of my hole in my tooth and my gum and packs full of food and I've got to use flipping bakwas TP this and TP that and God knows what. Anyway, so let's say you're there in Salah and you're... Um, and then you get it out. That great moment where you get it out and you play with it and you realize it's actually a hefty piece of meat. It's a proper chunk. It's a proper fiber. Everyone, I think, gets the... You know what I'm talking about. You feel satisfaction. It's out. Now, at this moment right now, Amjad, yeah, I don't want to upset you, bro. Yeah, I've been keeping this quiet because, you know, I love you, man. I've got so much love for you, Jad, yeah? But it broke about two weeks ago, bro. So your 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 your, your temporary job, yeah, and it lasted, I think, about... Four five days, and Shadda has to now fix it, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chad. I didn't want to say it, but you put me on the spot. And you know me; I don't lie. I'm not gonna lie. But Zakal ahead for trying, bro. But anyway, so I'm giving this class on a broken tooth. Okay, I just want you to know, and and uh, uh, devastation in the area. And I've been eating for the last two weeks on one side of my mouth, which means I've taken no pleasure from eating whatsoever. And as a result, I've lost at least three kilos. I just want to put it out there. And no, don't say that's very good for you. Brilliant way to lose weight because I'd rather not lose weight by not being able to eat properly. Thank you. Okay, that's right. Now, <laughs> so, so, that food cannot be chewed and then swallowed. And that is significant. It has body. So even taking that in, you should avoid that. You might say, oh, I freed it. I'm just going to swallow it. Okay. If you can feel it and it's got body and it's got shape and you know it's there and you swallow it, that you are now moving into the uh, doubtful area. And again, you've got this problem where in our culture, we won't touch our mouth or we won't go, we won't take it out, for example. Yeah. Why would you not do that? Right. That's the, this is part and parcel of Salah. We said last week the movements to, you know, make the prayer better, itching to calm things down, etc., etc. If it improves the prayer, getting that out of your mouth is a priority because it's got you completely consumed, completely consumed. Right. So take it out, get it to your tongue, take it out and just put it on your hand. You don't need to rub it anywhere else. Just put it on your hand and carry on praying. That's it. And that's what you should do. That which has no body to it, that which doesn't have a meaningful mass to it, and it gets swallowed, it does not ruin the prayer. That which is, you know, you just, uh, you didn't rinse your mouth out, but you, you know, you, you swallowed, or you spat out, or you just swallowed your food, and it's gone, and now the saliva will gather, and then it will, uh, um, it will 
you know, the, 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 the saliva will take it, uh, the rest of the stuff down. This does not invalidate the prayer. Again, I repeat, this kind of stuff does not invalidate the prayer. It's when you're chewing and so on and the like. That's a problem. Now, now, let's now move into small amounts. Okay? Let's now move into small amounts. Alaikum as-salam, amen. Um, so a person, he goes, so Sheikh gives an example on page 355. He goes, I'll give you an example. He goes, uh, well, actually, he doesn't give an example, but I will say to you that, uh, correct. Chew, yeah, this, that's what we just said. Anything that has jaram, anything that has a amount, because chewing is eating. As I made, he made it very clear, something which is swallowed straight without yani chewing. And if it's if you if if it if you're chewing, then it, by definition it has body. Do you understand? You can't, for example, the Hanabila do not consider chewing your saliva as something which invalidates the prayer. It has to have body. It has to have shape. It has to have meat, meat in the linguistic sense. Yeah. And as I said, if it's got shape, meat, size, chewability, then it's probably too big. Very good, Iram, yeah? So the sweetness left behind from dates, that gets swallowed from what you've got already in your mouth, yep, and small amount. And I'm not talking the flesh, the fleshy parts that require a little bit of a chew, right? I'm talking about just the general taste in your mouth. Then this is in the position of a number of the scholars. Certainly the class position does not Where has we gone? Okay, I, I, the picture just disappeared. Interesting. It just disappeared just like that. You can hear me though, right? You can hear me? Yes or no? Alright, okay, as long as you can hear me. Main thing is, why did the picture go? So, I would suggest that the picture has gone for absolutely no reason whatsoever. All right, let's see what how what brings this picture back. All right, that didn't. And that didn't. I wonder whether it's got too hot. No, I don't think that would be the case. What on earth just happened? Did you plug it in? One second, folks. I don't know what's going on. Let me get the old fish. I don't know what's happened. Come and get a thingy. The camera's gone off, isn't it? Is it maybe the battery was too dead? 
Or did you see it charging or not? Yeah, it was plugged in. Oh, one second, you know what? The stream might go now. Oh, it's back again, hold on. Oh, it's back again. So why did that go off? We need to know why we need to know why that went off. See? It's the battery. The battery got so knackered out. It's not charging. Is that char it is charging? It yeah. is charging, but the battery itself is it's knackered. I got a spare one. I See I told you that you put put the thing on charge. Um Right folks, we we now know what's happened. The battery yeah I told this packy had a custom and he charged the battery. Ah, the problem is, and people do not follow instructions, yeah? It's so irritating. We could have avoided that. We just wasted five minutes. And now, you see, Lutz, <laughs> Lutz is too significant. He's too significant to be chewed up. You know, you know, let me tell you something. You know whose fault this is? The Singaporeans. They knackered out my battery. My everything's gone. This is, by the way, Shaz, this is the power plugged in. For half an hour, it was plugged in. We gave the class with a plugged in thingy and it turned off because the battery is that dead. Think about that. Think about that. Anyway. Now. China. China. So I just want to go back to that point. Um... These things which are insignificant in the mouth, which you just go straight in, then there's no problem. If you start chewing them, then of course, yeah, and that's eating, all right? And that's something which should not happen, all right? I wouldn't want to swallow even a small morsel. Yeah, I mean, just like the fasting, just like yeah, everything else. Okay, right, now, now, where are we now? Now let's get to small amounts. Now, small amounts... I'm going to give you the example of small amounts. Small amounts are going to be... Yeah, what are you going to do? If you're going to... Bro, how do you even know that's on charge? How, how do you know that's more charge than this one here? That's the only one that we use. Huh? That's the only one that we use. Only what? That's the only battery that we use. We're not taking this one out. We're not using this one yet. Yeah, so that might be dead. It hasn't been touched for what? Yeah, months? It's in, oh, yeah, but it's yeah. charged. How do you know it's fully charged? It, it, it goes out, no. And you, you're you going to now change that battery here. It's going to uh, turn off the whole thing. Just leave it. But it might turn off again. Of course it's going to turn off again. Next time you're going to listen to me, aren't you? Okay. Right, all right. Okay, we're going to stick with this. Um, so this is the position for Fard Nafal prayers. Everyone should be afraid for Yahya the fish. Okay. Everyone should be afraid for every single person who doesn't follow instructions. We do not mess about like that. Now, now, let's listen because I'm making the same mistake again of just looking at the comments too much. I'm just going to focus now. It's very simple. Anything which is in the mouth, tiny microscopic amounts, which the Sharia does not consider to be eating or drinking or food, Aslan, it goes down. Don't worry about it. Simple as that. Keep it simple, okay? People we, I, I, I always make these things complicated, chewing, not chewing, this, that. If it goes down tiny, small amount, can't even notice it, whatever, whatnot. You get hold of it and you feel it and you can got shape to it, then you shouldn't be 
uh, taking it down. By the way, a number of scholars said that's, that's fine. And I have to say my personal position is even if something has a tiny uh, bit of shape to it that you can feel it and that gets swallowed, no problem. And if that hits your teeth on the way down, then I don't have a problem. You chew on it or whatever and it gets swallowed because it's half absent-minded, half yani. It's not even a food. It's not anything. My position is that there's not a problem. My own teacher's position was that not a problem. In the Hanbali school, that's correct. If you chew anything, anything which is chewed or anything which dissolves in the Hanbali school, okay, um, and it has a taste to it and it dissolves in the mouth, it is going to be invalidating. And that's also the position of the Shafi'i school as well. Anything which has some kind of action uh, into it. Oh, no, no, Mesa. He had no good reason. He just forgot. Okay, don't try it. And guess what, Mesa? Just for you, I gave him a break. I didn't take his head off. How about that? How about that? The guy survived. Now, now we're talking about small amounts. Now, small amounts means it's easier to understand small amounts. Yeah, natural lips, gums, you know. You might have something left on the lips and, you know, in Salah. You know, you do that. You feel, you feel flavor. You feel whatever. Yeah, maybe because you've eaten. But it's absent-minded. It's, it's, it's minimal. It's neither here nor there. This is this is an aslan. Okay? So don't worry about that. Let's talk about small amounts. Now, this is one of those scenarios where you understand small amounts by understanding what are big amounts. And then when you understand what are big amounts, then you understand that small amounts are exactly what they are. So small, uh, large amounts are basically shocking amounts. Remember, again, as much of fiqh, Large and small, great and uh, 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 little and big and small, they are defined by culture. There's, there's no quantitative measure in the Sharia. It's what you would be shocked at. Okay? So my point is, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it bleeding and uh, so many things. Movement, eating, drinking. So, so, if... Sheikh says that, you know, personally he goes to the uh, um, uh, uh, Absolutely, you're not going to scoff a burger But no one's going to scoff a burger, right? Now I'll tell you what people are going to do I'll tell you what people are going to do In the village, what we do When we buy shopping Is that we put it on our shoulders and upon our necks Okay? And with the example that Sheikh's given Something I've done before So you get grapes that you can have on string and you put it over your neck. So you're walking with the grapes. Okay? Now in the modern era, this is not that dissimilar to the cyclist rucksack that has the little uh, pipe. So it's a little rucksack, little pipe, which you just, it, it, it retracts. So you, you, the strap which is there, you, you pull it out like that and then you let it go. All right? You see, Zakaria culture is not the practical application by packs. It's common sense, people. It's like we said when it comes to bleeding. We don't, yani what invalidates the prayer when it comes to bleeding? We do not leave that judgment call to surgeons and we don't lead it, lead it to some, yani, you know, what's the word? Uh, uh, you know, those people who faint at the sign of blood. Yeah? So you've got some miskin who faints at the sight of blood. We're not using his judgment. And we're not using any of some flipping bariatric surgeon who opens up your flipping stomach like this, yeah? Or heart surgeon who goes, and goes, yeah, looking clean in there. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, clearly, 
We want a normal, reasonable guy who doesn't lose his absolute mind. Yeah, and when a person, you know, <laughs> that that be the word wimps, that uh, that doesn't lose his mind if there's a, a a bit of blood, but knows that when there's serious blood, then he goes, "Listen, we've got to call the ambulance. This is serious. Put pressure on it." Blah blah blah. So, um, likewise, okay. She said, "You don't. What you don't know? That's not my. That's not my speciality." Are you stepping to me? She said, are you serious? So that likewise, Zakaria, those people who think that the prayer is just, you know, you're not allowed to breathe in the prayer, rigor mortis, as you just said, they don't have a say. They don't have an agency to be able to speak to us about what is the actual culture of movement, what's allowed or not. Okay, so, um, so, that, so likewise, when it, so what would happen is that you would have the grapes on you. Uh, maybe can someone think of a, a good example of modern uh, time of how you could have food with you? I, I I'd like to I like people to use their imagination and think of an example of how you might be eating whilst in the prayer. This one that I've just said, okay, right? Uh, uh, um, sweet necklace, I like that. So chewing gum is the obvious one. I'm going to come to that in a second. But if you've got those necklace thingies. I don't think anybody can do that because, well, yeah, maybe you can. All right. So the grapes is a really good example. You've got the grapes on your shoulder or on your thingy. Thank you, Tahmeed, for saying that. And then you've got it here and, uh, you know, you're walking along and you're, you know, walking along, walking along. Then you go into the masjid because you hear the iqamah and you go in and you're there in salah. You become slightly absent-minded. It's been the exact same time period since you last picked one up. You pick one up and you put it in your mouth. And as soon as you put it in your mouth and you swallow it, you think, oh my God, I'm in the prayer. Your prayer is valid. This was forgetfully and it was a small amount. Is that clear, everybody? Sheikh Uthameen gives the example of what would invalidate the prayer. Okay? Invalidating of the prayer is you, in the whole prayer, just carrying on. <laughs> the whole prayer. Until he finishes the entire bunch. Sheikh says... This is invalidation of the prayer. Okay? Now that's, that's an example. Uh, uh, <laughs> he goes, Yeah, he goes, that's done. That's a good example with that. Yes, yeah, someone eating crisps, right? Which is why, which, I, which by the way, I just want to say, by the way, I love the way you sanitize that Cheeto dust on the fingers. Otherwise known as absolutely disgusting practice of disgusting people. I just want to say, by the way, and people need to know, all right? Okay? People need to know that I never eat. <laughs> well, that's such a cuss to CMA. What are you saying, man? <laughs> I've got to come back at that. You know that, but I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go there. Um, I've never. I'm not, I've never, I never eat crisps with my fingers. You know, if there was one of those uh, 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 trivia name, you know, when they ask you to say one of the weird things about yourself, that's my weird thing. I, I won't say that I have a, I don't, <laughs> I won't say that I have a phobia, but I can tell you that I don't eat crisps with my fingers. I, I, I do that <laughs> like this, you know, and... It will just, I always, yeah, yeah, straight. No, no, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. 
bits and pieces. I will choose crisps on non-finger operative potentiality. No. Bro, I'm telling you. Once you do that, once I'm on a diet so I can't. I mean, peanuts for example. I will never... Look, this is my peanut. I will move. I will move. You see that? I will never touch. I hate touching food. Unless I know that I can wash the, my hands afterwards. So the concept of people, all right? Now you see, Rafiq, that's the, the uninitiated. Whereas the people who know the game, bro, I eat absolute buckets of crisps. Whether it's the salt and vinegar, yani, you know, the long ones. Oh, lovely. Bam, bam, bam. Onion rings. Bam, bam, bam. Most crisps are in thingy. Obviously, the big, the big, yani, the big uh, ridged ones, they're a bit mission. Sometimes I might just, you know, give them a little snap in half to go in. But I just want you to know I don't touch crisps fingers. But it's a good example to go back to with Dad's any disgusting point and her disgusting habit. Okay. All of Pringles is the easiest. Pringles was the easiest. In actual fact, it started with Pringles. It started with Pringles. So what happens, you see, with Pringles is that it's curved, right? So I get the tub and you go like that, like that. And then it comes to the... Oh, you know, you know you got me excited now, man. I'm on a diet. I haven't eaten it for about four or five weeks, a single thing. And now you got me all excited. So then it is just a little jump to allow the it to hit past the aluminium lip. Once it's gone past the lip, they land perfectly on the tongue. And it takes the position, because your tongue is like that. Yeah? It's got that kind of curve on it. It lands, bam, three, four, in. Taste, allow. I'm going into Gordon Ramsay mode now. Taste, eat, smell, allow, dissolve. Yeah, so then, oh, bro. Yeah, I do, I do, I do get, listen, this is all your fault, okay? This is all your fault. I was, yeah, any day giving, that's, and you lot made me go into all kinds of bakwas, right? So, um, uh, so I gave you an example of a thing, the, 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 the most, uh, the most uh, common one, in my opinion, is chewing gum. So this is a good example to give. You've been chewing gum, and you enter into the prayer, and you're still chewing, Okay. And so once you're now chewing and you've entered into the prayer, okay, you will never need to invalidate the prayer even if you are chewing for quite a while. Firstly, because it's a small amount. Secondly, unless it's a fresh... Now that's clever, you see? Now that's clever. All right, well done, Solange. All right. So, let's just... We'll come back to that in a second. But let's just go to the, uh, 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 let's stick with the chewing gum. So the chewing gum, it is a um, small amount and it's little. And the key here is it's been done, um, it's being done uh, absentmindedly. That's the most important part here, yeah? Now, intentionally chewing gum in the prayer invalidates it. No doubt about that. And the reason for that is because, as the Hanbalis would say, so the Shafi'is would say that just chewing and the Hanbalis, 
intentionally invalidates the prayer. And there is discussions in the, de the more detailed books of fiqh, like, like in the, yani, especially in the humbly books of fiqh, but also in Shafi books, where they start to discuss what if um, something has lost its taste and then the chewing is just purely the act of chewing. And does it have to go into the esophagus? Does it have to reach the stomach or not? Is it something which remains in the mouth? And it starts to get really, really technical. I just want you to be aware that we don't need to make it so complicated. There are two different types of chewing gum though, of course. Chewing gum loses its flavor very, very quickly. And then you're just chewing for the sake of the habit. And then you've got the high quality chewing gum or a fresh piece of chewing gum that just went into the mouth and every chew is releasing flavor, sugars, all the rest of it. Now, as I said, all of this, the like normal food chewing gum would invalidate the prayer fard or nafal if done intentionally, right? And it's considered to be eating as opposed to drinking. Let me just add that little side point in as well. And this is what you would be doing if it is, as I said. Um, but if you're doing it unintentionally because you started the prayer and you carried on, you realized, then it's something which would invalidate the prayer. Now, let's talk about, um, but if, if you weren't aware, sorry, if you weren't aware of what you were doing and you just carried on, then it would not invalidate the prayer. The second you realize you've got to stop. All right. Now. You take it out, okay? And when I say you take it out, you've got a number of options. You will either have a tissue and put it in the tissue. That's one, option one. Or hold it if you want to. But if it has taste, you can't leave it in the mouth. If it has flavor, okay? And if it's like flavorless now, then you can just slap it in a corner, put it in a corner, or as uh, Muhammad just said, Stick it onto the, you know, shape it on the top teeth and leave it there all the way. I've done that once, by the way. Just want you to know I've done that once. So, but it's got to be non-flavorful. Okay? Got to be uh, non-flavorful. Flavored chapstick, okay, goes, I think, with the normal uh, principle of the insignificant food. That's a flavoring, yani, which is there in the mouth. If it goes down unexpectedly in the prayer, this is not Yani invalidating the prayer. Okay, so that's Yani D. Uh, that, so now you know what is a lot. What is, so obviously going and eating a meal, that's completely unacceptable. Even forgetfully. Even forgetfully. Because it's too much. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's actually an opinion from Imam Ahmed, a riwayah from Imam Ahmed. It's not the official position of the Hanbali school. That even a large amount of food eaten forgetfully does not invalidate the prayer because it was forgetfully. It's like the same as the fasting. He's being consistent in this narration to fasting. Because in fasting, you can knock down a full meal. Yani in fasting, most people, no, not most people, not most people. Most people probably take a bite and then they enjoy it, then they realize, okay? It can happen, man. I mean, I don't know how, but it could happen. Right now, in fasting, I've seen people's man eat a full meal. That's quite normal, actually. It is quite normal to smack a whole meal down and go around, and then someone say, "Aren't you fasting?" And then it's like, "What?" So, yeah. All right. Now, the exception to this. What else are we gonna say? 
All right. The exception to this is the Nafal Pra. I haven't fasted when I was Okay, one hour done. Hanbalis say that leaving the food in the mouth without chewing is makroo. Good. Good, Zakalakhir. Good. Regardless, yeah, the position is that the prayer is not invalidated and you would carry on the prayer. But like I said, it would be the right thing to do is to, and that's why you should always, always. Listen, my mom told me some basic things. All right. Number one, always go outside the house with clean underwear. And number two, always make wudu before you leave the house. Number three, always have tissue in your pocket. That's it. Whatever happens, have tissue in your pocket. It doesn't matter whether you are ill, not ill. You must never leave the house without tissues in your pocket. So I would go to the bathroom, take a couple of toilet tissues, always put them in it. I would never, ever spend a penny on those packets. Okay? Never. Must be joking. Toilet tissue. And these three things will protect you for your entire life. I'll tell you right now. My mom never told me that, Lutz, to be honest. My mom is the exact opposite. My mom and my wife right they're both from an area in pakistan i'm telling you right now they're mad for their fingers they love that behavior man eating fingers this that whatever washing they're just bengalis basically that's what they are and i don't mind a bit of bengali in the family we need some of that bengali flavor you know what i'm saying yeah that's right you see didn't see that one coming did you Lutz? now these three rules they will completely protect you you have tissue, you take your chewing gum and you put it into your tissue in your thingy. Nah, I don't. Unless I've cut my nails. Unless I've cut my nails, then, then I don't mind eating rice with my hands. I'm a massive spoon fan. Massive spoon fan. Love that behavior. Right. Okay. Now let's just quickly finish. Otherwise it means that we did nothing. Small amounts with, yeah, maybe OCD, yeah, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. That the supererogatory prayer is not invalidated if you drink a little. Okay? It doesn't matter about... Uh, are we going to mention a dust on fingers and why that isn't insignificant? Yani, uh, because it is significant. That's the reason I don't do it. It's proper, it's oil, it's uh, preservatives, it's X, it's Y, you feel all... It's not dust, bro. Behave, man, is it dust? It's like, it's like, it's like proper thing. Thank you, Shazad. There you go. There you go. I made it. I've made it. I've made it. It is, man. It is sign- I think it's significant. Yes, you can. There's bits in it. There's always bits. That's the whole reason, bro. There's always bits. Yani, listen. Uh, hold on, hold on. Do you, do you mean forgetfully or intentionally? If you're talking to me intentionally, or just clarify, Zakaria. <laughs> exactly us fat folks know all right bro 
Zakaria, I'm the guy who stopped the increase with my hands because I know. Are you kidding me? Did you just step to me, bro? I'm the guy who doesn't eat Christmas with hands because he knows exactly what happens. Unbelievable. Thank you, Widad. It's caked. But anyway, you guys are not answering my question. Are you talking about intentionally in the prayer or unintentionally? That's what I need to know. Yeah, intentionally. How can that be allowed? How can intentionally as a career, okay, you said there's no chewing. No, there's a good point here, Mesa. Alright? Okay then. Licking an ice lolly. Is that allowed or not, Zakaria? Let's see, get out of this one. Intentionally in the prayer. But there's no chewing. But there's no chewing, said Zakaria. Just, oh, <laughs> Solange, you disgrace. You absolute disgrace. Now that, now that is what I'm talking about. Disgusting. That's with dad's fingers right there. Disgusting. I called it out right at the beginning, okay? Now, Zakaria, all right? Zakaria, now you're causing fit now, right? I said ice lolly and you went into magnums. Like what the fish? An ice lolly is ice, which is flavored. I'm talking popsicle, thank you. You just lick it. That's it. Alright? That's just, that's literally your saliva. It's not even liquid coming out. Yani, you're talking about a magnum. A magnum is proper food. Oh my God. Alright, that's it. I give up. I give up. Anyway, anyway, to move on with the class, I want to say to you that licking, ingesting, without even chewing, drinking, eating, whatever it is, done intentionally, which is considered by people to be swallowing something intentionally, is going to invalidate the prayer. You do it forgetfully, definitely that's a minor, completely no problem. Alright, now, minor drinking is something which, according to the Hanbalis, is allowed in the Nafal prayer. And here's something interesting, this is unique to the Hanbali school. The rest of the schools reject this, okay? The rest of the schools, the vast majority of the scholars, in actual fact, reject it. And to be honest, my position is also to avoid it if we can, alright? To be on, uh, not, not if we can, to be on, on, on the safe side. To be on the safe side, we should avoid it. Okay, and let's, I'm going to read out to you the text so that yani, we can be nice and professional. So Sheikh says, basically, if a person is in the two raka'ah of Fajr or the four raka'ah before Dhuhr uh, or the two for Dhuhr and the two after or Salatul Witr or the night prayer or Salatul Duha or Tahiyatul Masjid, he's allowed to drink a small amount intentionally. And by this way, we know that the prayer, that the prayer, whether it's fart or nafal, if you eat a lot, okay, whether it's forgetful or intentional, then it is invalidated. However, if you eat or drink a small amount, it is not invalidated. 
And as for drinking, if you drink a lot, it is invalidated intentionally. And if you drink a lot, and if you drink a lot unintentionally, like you knock the whole bottle down, that's also yani, invalidated according to the standard humbly position. But if you drink a small amount intentionally, then that is not invalidated. Okay? They said that based upon, the Hanbalis based their argument on two basic principles. The first is Al-Athar, as he says, Shaykh Uthameen, alayhi rahmatullah, and Al-Shismu, on Al-Nadhar. Okay? So Shaykh Uthameen in Al-Mumti' he basically says that as for the Athar, then this is narrated by Abdullah ibn Zubair, Abdullah ibn Zubair radiallahu anhu, um, and actually from his uh, father as well, that um, he used to pray the, the, the shismo, um, the night prayer, and he used, he used to like to elongate it. And he would get thirsty, it'd be hot of course, yeah, and instead of cutting the prayer and then spending time, and it's not exactly, you know, go to and get the tap and whatever, it, it requires effort to go and get water. This is important to understand context, okay? To take the break, then to go, and then, you know, and, then the, and these are people who are really into the habit of, you know, prayer and so on. And they want to pray maximum, spend as much time as possible on the prayer. So he used to drink for shariba yasir, and we have no indication of what yasir means here, but a small amount. And I can tell you right now, very comfortable by accepting the actual premise and the actual practice as well. The premise is that this is an anafal prayer. Anafal prayer, according to uh, all of the scholars, is a prayer that has lesser demands than and lesser requirements and preconditions than the obligatory prayer and because of that we can take a few more liberties so we can sit down when we're tired we can do it whilst we're walking to save time we can yeah you know do this kind of things we can elongate it and not have to worry about people and their opinions and all the rest of it etc 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 and so likewise i i'm i'm also feeling yeah you know tired and i don't want to have the energy to go and i want to carry on praying and I will then take it. And like I said, the, the bag one is a very common thing now for cyclists. Little thing here, and you'll just have that, and you'll be in the prayer, you pull it out, and you take one sip, two sips, literally to wet your throat, to give you the energy to carry on, especially back in those times where it was hot, dusty, you know, it's hot, open, dusty environments, okay? Very good. An imam with a dry throat, or not just an imam, person who reading out the, reading the, leading the night prayer would be reading out loud actually there are some scholars and I have to say this is my position as well that it's sooner to read out loud okay um, and you know all of us carry water with us when we're, when, we're, when we're behind the imam but you know he has obviously more of a reason to take it now just wait now Abdullah ibn Zubair radiallahu an he is narrated from, uh, from by doing this, and what Sheikh Uthameen then says: This is the action of a companion, and an action of the companion. This is important. This is a maxim. The action of a companion, if there is not a definitive text 
or another comp- uh, that that contradicts that. Neither Quran, neither Sunnah, neither the action of another companion. Okay, then it is an evidence, and an evidence that can be used in the affirmative. It's a it's a Sahabi. This is important. We also have a narration, a lot weaker. But يعني, it is reported to have been the action of the Tabi'een as well, such as Sa'id ibn Jubair uh, rahimullah, and At-Tawus, Imam At-Tawus. Okay, so um, that's the basis. Now, that's fine يعني, as an argument. The problem with this يعني, uh, uh, approach, if you, if, you, if you take this kind of route, um, is that you're going to have to be accurate because uh, we do have a nos. That the prayer itself is that which is busy. That we don't eat and drink. Why are we making an exception for the Nafal prayer? The exception that we're making it is because of Abdullah ibn Zubair. The narration of Abdullah ibn Zubair is not authentic in my opinion. Okay, It contains in its chain one of my uh, favorite companions. Uh, one, one of my favorite narrators. He's one of the imams of hadith actually. Um, Hushayim, Hushayim ibn Bashir. Now Hushayim ibn Bashir... Rahimullah was one of the big muhaddithin, one of the nuqad. When you get into hadith, you will really enjoy all of the study around him. He's a major scholar, yani, um, a hujja in hadith, imam. Like when Imam al-Dahabi calls someone an imam, all right, it means that that's someone significant in hadith. Like Imam Ahmad himself, for example, used to consider, uh, and there's, there's lots of discussion actually about Hushayim. Uh, in the books of Hadith and the books of uh, Rijal, as we call it. And Imam Ahmed used to be super impressed with him. But some said that he seemed to be exaggerated for some reason. Many, many huge praises from the big, big scholars, right? Bukhari took from him. Bukhari's teachers, who are more important, okay, in, the, in, in this particular area, they used to consider him to be the, the most yani, worthy in terms of Hadith when compared to other big giants like Yahya bin Sa'id al-Qattan or or other yani, major scholars. Uh, uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but Sufyan al-Thawri used to consider, uh, Imam Ahmed used to consider him to be more knowledgeable in hadith than Sufyan al-Thawri and al-Awza'i. Uh, he's a major scholar. But what's fascinating about this Imam in hadith is that all of the people who praised him, all of them said he's a mudallis. All of them. They basically would say that uh, and mudallis, tadlis, is one of those yani, problems which occurs in the science of hadith when a person is concealing a certain issue because of a reason that they have justified to themselves, which they know if that became apparent to the rest of the scholarly community, they would write off the hadith. For example, um, the most common example of tadlis is... Um, me narrating a hadith or a statement that I know, let's, let's not use hadith as an example, let's say I find out a piece of information and I know that the person who told me, you guys hate him. You know, you've just got that hatred for the guy for whatever reason, you know, he just doesn't, he's not your kettle of fish, okay? And, but it's absolutely true. I've heard it from a number of sources, but you wouldn't know all these sources. And so therefore, and this is the authority, and this is the one who uh, you know, confirms the deal. And that is 100% certain. But I now got to tell you this, and I need you to learn this, and I need you to spread it. 
but I've got to now give it to you without naming, naming this person. So I tell you that piece of information and I either ignore his name or use like a nickname for him or I completely cut him out entirely and use the, the person behind him that would have told him or another of the authorities. So it is a form of cheating and it is a form of, of not worthy behavior, unworthy behavior. And that's why the scholars don't like Mudalisin. However, from certain people, they will let it go because there are a number of the top, top imams of Ahl Sunnah that used to practice Tadlis. Okay? So, uh, so therefore, if we were to call up and, and, and you know, uh, call up everybody who practices Tadlis, then we'd be in trouble. We would be in big trouble. Right? Rather, we have a nuanced system in dealing with mudallisin. People who do tadlis, the mudallis, right? We have a nuanced system in which we make an assessment of what they're given, who they really are. Are they like the, the, the absolute don? Okay. Um, and this is a big subject, by the way. There are different categories of tadlis and different opinions of tadlis. And, you know, like Ibn Taymiyyah. Oh my God, he used to hate tadlis. Right? And... Um, Whereas other scholars are quite lenient. And I have to say myself personally, the way that I studied hadith with my teachers, muhadithin teachers, okay, I've also you know, brought, been brought up with that lenient kind of look. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a softie. I don't know what it is. But the people who are generally stricter are the people who generally safeguard this, this field better. One thing that we can all agree on, the lenient ones and the strict ones, is that when you have a person who you know is a modellis and they narrate a hadith in a way which is suspicious, then you consider that to be a fault and this hadith to be weak. Not fabricated, but you're not going to put your house on. Uh, you know, you're not going to bet on it. All right? It's not a guaranteed narration. Whereas if a modellis his way, he made it super clear that he definitely heard this statement, then because he himself would not be, uh, because he himself knows it's impermissible to lie, the whole point of Tadlis is to kind of uh, obfuscate the issue, fudge the issue, blag the issue, but never outright lie. So if he says, on the authority of what we call an'ana, when you say an fulan, an fulan, an is a phrase which is like, the word ya'ani. You know what I say? Ya'ani, ya'ani, ya'ani. It's just, a, it's just a conversation filler. And it makes a person look more than what they actually is. And it's, it's meaningless. And an is such a general phrase that it doesn't really, ya'ani, you feed, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't really give clear benefit in the science of hadith. And it's used by those people who... This is why I've got a leniency for the Mudallisin. The Mudallisin themselves know about An'ana. They know themselves. They don't want to outright lie, but they know that when they do the An'ana, and they're not yet yeah, clarifying the mode of transmission, they're kind of leaving a clue. They're kind of saying, listen, it's there. This is, this is legit. I'm okay with it. But I'm not going to lie about it and say, he absolutely definitely told me. So he knows when he indicates. That's why I've got a soft spot. It's still unacceptable, but I've got a soft spot. Yeah. Now, 
But if he does that, then he's got to accept that we're going to reject Yani D. Many of the names that we love and respect so much with that, right? So many do Tadlis, all right? So you know, we don't write people off for, for Tadlis just per se. There's sometimes reasons for it. Anyway, um, so I just want to say that when he does An'ana, when Amudallis does An'ana, is vague about his transmission, this is called one of the hidden faults of the hadith, what we call Al-Ilal. And this is one of the reasons why we would not consider a hadith to be uh, strong. Nearly every version of this narration of Abdullah ibn Zubair doing this comes from Hushayim. And nearly every version or virtually every version that I know of, and I need to do a, a revision and a restudy, but this is one of those things that sticks in my mind, comes through Hushayim. And all of them have an'ana. And so therefore this hadith is weak. It's not good enough for me to be considered an evidence. So I just wanted to just say that. Okay, but maybe one day we'll look at it properly. He goes, and if we look at it from a, a rational point of view or from a logic point of view, or just common sense, um, he says, well, you know, nafil is less than fard anyway. And we know that certain obligations are, you know, removed or, 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 or relaxed in the nafil prayer which must be there in the Fard prayer, such as standing and facing the Qibla when you're traveling. And if that's the case, then if a person yani, uh, needs to elongate the prayer for a long time, yani, sunnah prayer, and he needs water, then, and, and it's going to help him do it, you know, it's going to help him you know, go all the way, then, you know, then what's wrong with that? So that's, that's what Shaykh Uthameen says. He goes, obviously... Uh, and there will be obviously scholars that will say uh, that no, it is not any uh, uh, allowed to do a small amount. And there were some Hanbalis themselves that held held that position as well. Okay, and as I said, this is unique to the Hanbali school. Hanafis reject it. Shafi'is reject it. Um, you know, some of Ahl Hadith even reject it. Myself, even though I see the Hadith as uh, weak, um, I'm not going to kill a person, I would not invalidate a person's prayer. I'm relaxed on the issue. I'm relaxed on the issue. Okay? Um, my class position is that it should be avoided. It should be avoided. But if a person did that, I would not invalidate his prayer. Okay? Um, but as I said, the vast majority of the scholars consider it to invalidate the prayer. Even the nafil prayer. Even a small amount. Because it's being done uh, intentionally. Because it's being done Intentionally, and one of their big responses to the, this point, the logical point, okay, uh, which is uh, e- eating, uh, uh, sorry, which is that the Sunnah prayer, uh, Nafil prayer, if it is reduced in certain obligations, then we should reduce it in other obligations. They say this is not correct. They said that that's correct in principle, right? That, but you would need a dalil. Uh, basically, they're saying that the Sunnah and the Fard prayers are the same unless there's an evidence to reduce it. So we have the evidence to reduce the standing or reduce the uh, uh, facing the Qibla, remove the facing of the Qibla. That's why it came down from obligatory to Nafil. Obligatory to Nafil. Not, let me choose any aspect of the prayer that, that I want to choose and make it allowed in the Nafil. Okay? That's why in my heart of hearts, I don't, feel so comfortable in differentiating between the um uh you know the 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 dua in sajda i'm saying you shouldn't do it in the fard and you can do it in the nafil i'm not going to make a scene out of it 
but I don't feel comfortable. I'd rather much myself be that we remove it entirely or allow it in the obligatory prayer as well and say it's allowed because it's dua and dua doesn't need to have the Arabic language. And I, I would rather that than to just willy-nilly throw the sunnah prayer out there like a zabiha and just basically allow it to be sacrificed for any thing. Yeah, I'm talking about non, non-Arabic uh, dua uh, language. And just to finish this uh, uh, section, um, Sheikh says, what if someone says, well, if you're, uh, why don't the Hanbalis allow eating uh, small amounts intentionally as well? You've allowed the yani, drinking in small amounts. Uh, so why not yani, a small amount of food as well? Because he's uh, hungry. Sheikh says, Sheikh says, listen, no, no. There's a difference between eating and drinking. Because eating is chewing. Uh, okay, Yasmin's asked the question right there. This is the question we're asking. Because the Yasmin, what he's saying is that well, there's chewing and action and taste and X and Y and Z, okay? And the, 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 and also in the prayer, there's no need for it. We justified this, the humbly justified this, because they said it's actually extending the sunnah prayer. And it's, it's actually helping the ibadah. Yani the food is not, let's be honest, all right? It's thirst that hits a person, not yani, you know, uh, uh, whatever, but uh, but as for the uh, uh, water uh, drinking, then that's something which is uh, 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 needed a lot. And by the way, when the author says you're allowed to drink, does that mean any uh, milk and juice or whatever? Um, well, according to the text, that would be indicate that you can drink all of that stuff. However, Sheikh Uthameen says that actually the Hanbalis clarified that. They said that anything in which you feel the sweetness, and I mean, they specifically said where you can, where you swallow dissolving sugar effectively. And once it starts to kind of, you know, melt on your tongue and then you swallow, if a drink has it, then that will be, and that's definitely the correct position to, to stick to. Because then we're starting to then get into Zakaria, Magnum and Ice Pop, uh, ice pop uh, Popsicle uh, territory, right? Um, they basically said, some of the Hanbalis said in uh, Al-Muntaha, okay, that when you are, when you've got the taste of sugar on your mouth and it melts or any kind of, uh, 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 not just sugar, but uh, anything like sweet and it dissolves, no chewing and you swallow that, that is like eating. And there are others that said, no, it's actually like drinking. Now, obviously, if it is like eating, then uh, if it's like eating, then they're never going to allow it. If it's like drinking, then they would, if you, if, if you, the, 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 the manner, the way that it is uh, dissolving and you then feel, feel it, or maybe the grains of it or the, the thickness of it, and then it gets swallowed and you consider that to be drinking, then they would allow, actually, they would allow some of the Hanbalis, they would allow even a flavoured or tasted drink because it's not yani like drinking. It's not because it's not like eating, it's in the category of drinking. Okay? Um, so that's it. I think that's covered. How can we summarise all of that? It all got a bit, a bit messy and all over the place, but I can summarise... Uh, this by saying the following class positions only I'm not going to get involved in uh, or this or that the class position is is that when you come to the prayer and you have not rinsed your mouth out and you've got small amounts in your mouth tiny tiny amounts 
um, and flavor. If they get swallowed absent-mindedly in the prayer, this is something which does not invalidate the prayer. It has not got space. It's not got uh, mass. It's not got this, that. If whilst playing around with the food in your mouth and so on and so forth, a little bit falls in without your control, your prayer is not invalidated. If you are able to get hold of food and take it out of the mouth, then you should keep it out of the mouth. Um, if you then enter into the prayer with a chewing gum or whatever, um, or you had some food next to you and you absent, absent-mindedly uh, grabbed some, okay, and put it into your mouth, or you carried on chewing whilst through the iqama, carried on chewing, whatever, this would not invalidate the prayer if you had been doing it absent-mindedly, even if you're doing it all the way through. Small, tiny amounts, okay? The second that you realize you have to stop, if you had the grape, you would spit it out. You would spit it out in whatever way that you wouldn't be able to, oh, you know, I've, I've swallowed this part now. You would have to spit it out. And this is an indication that you can spit and you would put it under. Obviously, you're not going to do that at home, are you? So you're going to have to work out some kind of way of doing it. All right. I don't know. You might you might have to. Oh, barn would be a disaster. You might have to do the old packy thing and take one for the team. Get your thobe and put it in and rub it so that the liquid is whatever it is. I don't know. Okay, now chewing gum is gone anyway, the liquid. So you'd stop, and as I said, you'd take it out and put it in your pocket. Worst case scenario, let's say you can't touch it, you can't, whatever, then stick it in the top of your mouth, that's going to be okay. But if it's got taste, then that's not acceptable. If it's got taste, then it's continuously going down, going down, going down. Okay, and that's too risky. It's in between, yani eating, drinking, you can't tell. So as a, as a basic ruling, straight out the mouth. Intentionally eating or drinking in the prayer is unacceptable and it would break the prayer. Okay. Um, and then when it comes to the Nafal prayer, um, you're not allowed to eat according to all of the scholars. And in terms of drinking, then in the Hanbali school and alone in the Hanbali school, they allow you to drink a small amount intentionally. They're kind of flexible with a bit of flavor here and there. Some of them, majority of them not. Majority of the scholars won't allow the drinking. In my position, you should avoid it as well. However, if someone was in a, uh, a a position that they were in a night prayer or some kind of prayer, it was difficult for them to go. They didn't want to lose uh, time, this, that, whatever. And they considered that this riwayah is authentic enough. And some scholars did consider it authentic. Let me just make it clear. But people who are into hadith, I mean, I, I enjoy my hadith and athar. I don't consider it to be authentic. But if you did, then it's valid for you to go by this evidence of the companions. And therefore, you'd be allowed to drink a small amount in the prayer. All right? But I would personally avoid it. And also I want to say that the Prophet ﷺ was the one who prayed the longest amount of units. He prayed the longest amount of time. He got the most tired. He used to get edema in his feet because of how long he was standing. And yet we do not have this narrated from him. The Prophet ﷺ said that the Prophet prayer is two and two. A person should just break the prayer. Yani meaning hurry up the raka'ah, finish off the salah, and then have a drink, take a break, and then start again. I don't think it's a major uh, issue uh, before. I did on the issue of mucus and phlegm, as we as we spoke about uh, uh, as we spoke about before, I said that uh, it is less of a uh, a serious uh, issue. It is less of a serious issue because, well, according to some scholars, because it's inside, it's going back inside. There are others that said it is uh, uh, it is a waste material. It is a najasa, and because it is a najasa, then it should be got rid of. Okay, and it's not allowed to. I think, and I prefer definitely that you get rid of it, right? But if a person, especially if they've got mucus and they've got rhinitis or 
yani they've got a lot of fluid being created is very very difficult to keep up with that and I, I consider that not to be one of the invalidators of the prayer and Allah knows best alright um, to be honest about the, the, the vaccine ideal we're going to uh, cover it um, uh, in this lecture so everything you want to know you know are we there but I'm, I'm just saying now you people are happy uh, that's what I meant right reading from the physical mushaf with touching and she made a judgment call that she has I answered this in the, in the, in the group I, I answered this in the group um, I think I did anyway her pattern has changed recently and been varying from month to month her period days and signs of purity has changed she is yet to understand what, has her, what is her new norm so she basically made a, a mistake right so what would happen to those ibadah during the time of assumed purity if she read just for the shirib no 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 you don't this is what I answered in the class you do not need to repeat the prayer you do not need, sorry, you do not need to repeat the recitation. The recitation is accepted. Anything which is done out of ignorance, meaning not being aware of what the ruling is, is accepted. That's one of our key principles in uh, Sharia. Okay. Um, I don't know yet. I think it is, uh, 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 it is uh, uh, thingy. Amina, did you not take pure pesa? I'm guessing you didn't. Yeah. Anyway, the short answer to such a simple question is no. I mean, I don't know what else to say to that question. Um, baking Christmas treats. Yeah, baking Christmas treats is no problem as long it is not as is not. Um, uh, it's not being done to be given out or used in a way which is in line with celebrating that festival. However. Um, it is allowed to bake at Christmas time because there's a greater demand. There's or or because the ingredients are more available. Like, um, I mean, I've never, uh, I've never drunk a pumpkin spice latte that you millennial yani generation Z yani miskins do all that stuff. Yeah, uh, but I think that only becomes popular around Halloween time, right, or whatever. I'm guessing. It's every year around this time. It will be allowed for you to go and drink that, for example. It will be allowed for you to go and uh, make that, for example, because there's pumpkins all over the place and it's cheap, right? So, uh, uh, you know, it's something which is, uh, it's something which is, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the haram is to bring worship into it. The haram is to commemorate the uh, uh, thing. And even selling it. This is, obviously, again, this is pure pesa. Everybody, I'm telling you, all LP students, as an absolute minimum, should be studying pure pesa. Okay? Uh, selling Christmas treats. Again, um, increasing your trade because more people are buying and you are selling something which they like or they enjoy, etc., etc. And it doesn't have um, a, you know, congratulatory or uh, celebratory, uh, celebratory, uh, aspect to it, then I think that that's something which is uh, not a major uh, problem, inshallah. And the reason for this, as we as we as we study in pure Persa, for those who have taken it and those who are taking it, that when we give a ruling on these kind of professions and actions, what we do first of all is to look to see the actual act in of itself. Yani is the thing haram lidatihi or yani or for a sabab or for a cause. That's the first primary starting point. And so when you look at yani, the cooking of a bun or a treat or whatever, then 
that is an, a, a halal act in of itself. The haram part is a minor aspect in application. It's a minor aspect in terms of how you then uh, do it or, 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 or how it becomes specific, whatever. Okay. Uh, the next pure pesa class is not for a while. Okay. It's not for a while, but a uh, uh, good couple of months. But it'll come. It, you know, someone's going to need it soon. Um, what I meant, what I think is meant is that someone orders a bunch of red and white cupcakes to serve at Xmas dinner. Is it halal for you to make that? Yeah, as long as it doesn't say Merry Christmas or something like that. And by the way, also, I just want to say, someone's asking about hot cross buns and whatever, that um, uh, 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 I know a lot of people kind of get a bit worried and you know think it's a bit lenient and, and sell out when uh, people are expressing about what I'm about to say. But it, it just isn't. This is legitimate to say that there is an argument that when something loses its religious nature and it just takes on a cultural norm, then it also loses its haram uh, ruling as well. Because the haram ruling is to do with something which is religiously practiced. Religiously practiced. Okay? And um, so even though I, 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 you know, and I've spoken about this in detail, and we did LP sessions on this as well, and especially on Christmas and all the rest of it, okay, that um, uh, uh, a person who who would say Merry Christmas or whatever, first of all, should avoid it. And if he says it or feels that he has to say it, then say something neutral. And if he doesn't, happy happy holidays and all that kind of stuff. And if he doesn't and he says Merry Christmas... Or does something with a, 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 a you know, like a, a Santa or something like that, then, then um, I don't think it's a major, I don't think it's a major issue. I don't think it's a major issue because it genuinely is a commercial capitalist yani reality. Even though they might want to believe, that's the opposing argument. They do believe that this is in in relation to the. Um, uh, uh, the birth of Isa alayhi salam so they do consider it but there's not a single bit of evidence and we know that it's months away from that anyway so you know um, and just to make it a bit more kind of complicated right just to make it a bit more complicated um, there is also an argument that even certain symbols that the that certain people consider to be religious they are also no meaning to them so on a hot cross bun for example um you would normally stay away from that. It's a cross. And you'd be like, oh man, forget this. Yeah, I'm no way am I um, uh, risking that. But there's some argument to say, uh, uh, um, some people would say that the, some people would argue that the cross is meaningless. The crucifix is meaningless. It doesn't have any actual ibadah function. And it's been, it's been, it's been de- religious it's been de-religious de-religified whatever it's had its religious religious nature or whatever taken out yeah and you see when things come to this kind of level of discussion and ishtihad all right then you don't say that this person has done the world's greatest haram like when you think um and that's 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 good right if you go uh, in certain areas where it's very, very important, very meaningful, then we should, why would we try to make it like, oh, it doesn't mean anything? 
I once was involved in a debate with someone and he said this to me and whatever. And I said, you know, if the cross was meaningless, I mean, other than the obvious, you know, like, you know, it's religious significance is on display. But if the cross was meaningless, then why in Bukhari did a Nabi say that Isa will come and he will break the cross? He will break the cross. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some people said about this hadith that it's, you know, um, uh, it's not going to be all the crosses in the world. Well, whatever it is, it's going to be, whether it's metaphorical or not, but there's going to be something that's going to be said or done in which Christianity is made very clear to be false. It might be the snapping of one big cross and everyone think, oh my God, yeah, whatever it is. But there's, there is value to it. You get what, you get what I'm saying? So there is, uh, there, there's meaning to it. So that's why I'm always preferring the uh, uh, side of caution. And we avoid yani, these kind of things. But also as students of knowledge, you need to know that when there's ishtihad involved in interpreting something as, is it cultural, is it religious? Then we are more tolerant to the difference of opinion in that issue. That's my point. Okay, Even though we might practice caution ourselves, we are more tolerant. As for someone who is just making food or extra food and types of food, um, uh, certain colors, this, that, whatever. Now, there's absolutely no connection between Christianity and red and white, for example. You know what I'm saying? That's more to the Christmas. And I'm okay with that, right? It's when you start putting words down and you start putting crosses. Yeah, that's a disaster. All right? Putting a bit of uh, trees. I would avoid it as much as possible. I try to keep them, whatever. But if a person put, you know, trees and uh, because they want to take advantage especially if there was a need as well maybe there was a lack of business this that i think yeah any you know um i think you know you just use your common sense you would use a, a wintry scene you know what i'm trying to say when you think of your, your of your christmas cards the cheap ones were the ones that have uh, uh santa on it and merry christmas the expensive ones were no text on it whatsoever and a wintry scene, a cottage yani, in the Swiss Alps, yani, it was snowing all over the place. And you know, right, that's a legit Christmas card. Yeah, that's a proper one. So use your, yani, you know, use your initiative to, to you know what I'm trying to say? Um, but Allah knows best. All right, are we done? Yeah. Did someone say something about their friend told them that they're, they're whatever? This is the problem when detailed questions of, of, of finance are just turned into a one-line one answer. The imam said it is allowed because it is her own money. She wanted me to ask in the class. How is it, how is it your own money? I don't understand. How is it your own money? 401k, money's in there, it's a pot, it's your own money. You take a loan from it. Oh, you mean, you mean, you're paying back into your own fund. The interest, quote unquote, is you paying back to yourself. If you're paying the money back to yourself, and the only legal way to take that money from your fund is to do it in the way of an interest-based loan from your own fund, because that's the law that regulates it. Because if you take it out in any other way, you're going to be taxed, blah, blah, blah. But you can avoid it by taking an interest-based loan from your own 401k fund. Then that's something which is permissible, in my opinion. Yes. All right. But I don't know what you mean. And I, I can tell you that a number of people are still not pressed the red button on the live. And that's why people are behind. 
All right, folks. All right. Oh my God, 140 thing. We always end up at 140. We should, with questions, try to end at 130. That's what we should do. Zakalahir Rafiq, Barakalafiq, everybody. Zakalahir, everybody. Let's jump into the Telegram and have some fun over there. Let's make some fun of someone. I don't know. She's had Salim disappear, didn't he? He's getting the food out of his teeth. That's why. All right, guys. Yalla, salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu wa la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu alaikum wa salamu alaikum.